Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. You can find all of my work over at milehighsports.com. There's already a post came up from Brandon Ewing. Um, I'm going to have some five takeaways that I'll be posting in the morning, but for now, we're going to dive into this podcast because the Nuggets just got done playing the Clippers. They lost their first preseason game of the season now. They are now 3-1. and one. They lost 109-103. to 103. Uh, The start only played the first quarter, so it was really the bench mob from there on out. So there really wasn't a ton of substantial takeaways for the Nuggets starting unit, um, per se, but we saw a ton of the bench unit, a ton of what we assume will be the main bench rotation, which featured Torrey Craig, Trey Lyles, Monte Morris, M- Mason Plumley, and then Malik Beasley. Um, there were some other players that got in. Wancho played 21 minutes tonight. Thomas Welsh got some run. Even Xavier Silas got some run. Tyler Lydon looked all right in his eight minutes. Devon Kuhn Purcell lit it up in six minutes and got six points out of it. Really, everybody got onto the floor for the Nuggets tonight, except for the couple players players who were hurt, who was including Donald Sloan apparently later in the game. So really this was the Nuggets bench unit show. Before we get into everything though, let me give you a quick hit from our sponsors. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, I just wanted to remind everybody that we are presented by Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates, as well as all of the brands that you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves at having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come into one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. All right, let's just leap head first into this game and start with the first quarter, which was important because that was the only time that the Nugget starters played, and they played the entire first quarter. This was a very interesting decision by Michael Malone. It's not what anybody really expected coming into the game, but it makes a lot of sense in retrospect. To push these guys, who have now played three preseason games before this, went through all this training camp and were still getting into shape, to have them go out and have to exert themselves for an entire 12-minute quarter, it's great to see where their passion is, where their enthusiasm level was, and how dedicated they were for this preseason game. If you go back to before the Perth Wildcats game, Michael Malone's biggest emphasis was that he wanted the Nuggets to treat Perth just like they would the Warriors, just like they would any other team in the NBA, and the starting unit 
flat out didn't. That's why Malone was so frustrated after the game. That's why uh, Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap both left before media had a chance to talk to him. The frustration level was pretty high for a preseason game, and it seemed like Malone wanted to test his guys tonight, and I think it was the right call. While not every shot fell, everything wasn't perfectly crisp, they went out and they played hard. They put everything they had into it. They were flying around. The ball was moving. Players were moving. There wasn't any moment where the ball was being held. It was a very fluid and cohesive start to this game with the Nugget starters, and that was really the most important thing that Malone wanted to see. That's why the Nugget starters did not play in the second half or at all in the second quarter and they only played in that first quarter granted they did get outscored 30 to 26 in the first quarter but that was not what Malone was looking about he were looking for he was not worried about the overall you know plus minus of the starting unit after the first quarter he just wanted to see how they played and overall it was a very strong start um the the starters were led by will barton for the first quarter he had 11 points on four of seven shooting hit one of his two three-point attempts and then threw in a rebound and a steal just for good measure he was very active offensively he was getting to the rim very very quickly he was collapsing the defense he was moving the ball will barton was his typical aggressive self and for a guy that was struggling to hit a shots to start preseason it was good to see him go out of his way to get a couple buckets early in this game he had a three off the bat it was really good to see confident will barton come back and really play the way that we have all seen him play the other most important player in my opinion for this first quarter was paul Millsap. Paul Millsap has struggled for most of this preseason. He still only shot 2 of 4 from the field and missed his only 3-point attempt, but it seemed like he was much more engaged in the offensive style of play as opposed to just trying to find his niche and get his shots up when he could. The ball was moving as attributed by his 2 assists in 12 minutes. Um, he got 2 run-out layups uh, for his 2 buckets back-to-back. He did have 1 possession where he took a long mid-range 2 with Boban in his face, even though we had Nikola Jokic wide open at the top of the key calling for the ball those are the kind of plays that Paul Millsap is working to eradicate from his game but considering that that was really his only mistake in the first quarter it was a great sign to see him able to find his role within this offense and then to see him get four rebounds two assists a steal and three blocks in the first quarter that is why the Nuggets signed Paul Millsap yes he's he is a good scorer in his own right yes he can add some spacing he's got some playmaking ability but he is here to be a productive defensive player and three blocks and a steal in just 12 minutes is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Nuggets and to see him able to do that to see the Nuggets build their offense off of creating opportunities defensively is exactly what Michael Malone has been looking for and because of Paul Millsap that is coming to fruition finally people are going to scrutinize Paul Millsap offensively most likely for the entire year. He's going to be a fourth or fifth option on offense so it's going to change the perspective of how does fans and analysts look at Paul Millsap as a player? He's not going to be the same guy he was in Atlanta. He's not going to be a high usage, tough shot maker in the same capacity that he has been for most of his career. But if he can continue to put up this kind of defensive impact that not only shows up in the box score, but is also important in just creating winning situations for the Nuggets on the floor, he is going to be worth the thirty million dollars that the Nuggets are playing that the Nuggets are paying him. He was great in his first quarter, and it was so important to see him get in a groove like that because he can he's really what can bring the Nuggets to the next level defensively and make them a team who not only can outscore you, but can also get down, get dirty, and get stops when they need to and be an opportunistic defense. And Paul Millsap was really the embodiment of that tonight. Um, 
Beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement. Jamal Murray hit a three immediately to start the game. Um, that was nice, but it was his only bucket other than a free throw that he made later on. Uh, he had an, a rebound, an assist, and one turnover. Uh, Gary Harris looked strong again. He had just a vicious hammer dunk on top of Boban tonight to where you just kind of look at him and you're like, this this guy has a different mentality this year. I think that's the biggest thing I've taken away from Gary Harris's two games in preseason is that this is no longer a dude who is trying to just fit into an offense. He is taking it upon himself to be a creator, to be a guy who collapses the defense, to attack the rim with aggression and tenacity, but also still be the off-ball finisher that the Nuggets need him to be. If he can continue to take another leap with the ball in his hands, the sky is the limit for this Nuggets offense, and it's really incredible to watch, even in just this small preseason format. Gary Harris just looks like a man among boys in a lot of situations, and it continues to play out throughout this preseason, and I cannot wait to see what it looks like once the season gets started. Um, Nikola Jokic had another very um, just strange game. I can't really find an adjective to describe the way that he has played throughout the preseason. Again, he was only one of three shooting, so he didn't get that many shots up, and he was inefficient doing so. He had two quick fouls that were drawn on him um, to start the game out because he was just late rotating defensively from the weak side. But at the same time, he did get his three assists in 12 minutes. Uh, the rebounding is still not there. He also had two turnovers in the frame, two of the Nuggets four in the first quarter, and he just still kind of looks out of sorts. We're getting to the point where we have to wonder if that finger is bothering him, but it, we were aren't going to know until the season gets underway. I mean, Nikola Jokic is great at everything that he does offensively. He is an offensive savant, but we haven't seen that shine yet from his game this preseason. He had a great first half in San Diego against the Lakers in LeBron's debut, and since that, we just haven't seen a whole lot of what makes Nikola Jokic so great. Uh, there's no reason that we should be worrying about it yet because this is preseason. It's game four. They only played the first quarter, but it is notable, and it is something to watch down the line if his finger is bothering his scoring touch in the mid-range because he passed up a couple open mid-range looks today and if it's getting to his ability to be the same creator that he has been because his turnovers have been way up and it's something that is going to have to be monitored from here on out that's pretty much all you get from the starters there wasn't a whole lot to analyze throughout that part of the game um it was just 12 minutes of them playing pretty solid basketball uh it was really strange because the Clippers were just hitting every three in sight. I believe they were five of eight in the first quarter from three-point range. So it was just kind of a strange quarter for them, and it's not it's hard to analyze it based on a, a, a score differential between the two teams. But overall, the Nuggets were strong enough for Michael Malone to get them the rest of the night off, and he was apparently very pleased with the effort that they gave on the court. Um, let's jump into the bench unit in the second quarter, though, because Malone played his starters all the way through the first quarter, and then from the very start of the second quarter on, it was nothing but the bench unit. Um, Torrey Craig was hyper, hyperactive to start this game. He started 3 of 3 from the field, had 6 points. He was out there getting chase down blocks, offensive rebounds, hitting threes. When Torrey Craig is this active and involved in this many plays, this is when he is at his best and he becomes one of those great role players that you want to have on your team. The Nuggets don't have a lot of wing depth, and Torrey Craig really embodies the only true wing on this roster that can play significant minutes. Will Barton is more of a guard. He can play the wing because he's long enough and athletic enough, but he is not a true wing. The Nuggets are almost starting a three-guard lineup. Torrey Craig brings that defensive ability 
from the wing position. And on top of that, he knows exactly how to fill in the gaps in the way that, that this team needs him to be. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. His shots don't fall. Um, he becomes a little bit too hyperactive and gets himself into trouble as opposed to producing for his team. But tonight he finished with seven points on three of seven shooting. He had one of his three threes, had five rebounds, an assist, two blocks, and um, and then only one turnover. Overall, that's a, it's exactly what you're looking for from a backup small forward like Torrey Craig because he defended his ass off from start to finish as he always does. So overall, it was a strong game from Torrey. Uh, Mason Plumley had a very similar game to where nothing really blew off the page for you, but he was just strong throughout. Uh, four of seven from the field for nine points. He threw in three rebounds, only had one turnover. He just didn't make mistakes. And he told me after the Lakers game in, I believe it was Los Angeles, it was in Los Angeles, that the Nuggets are just going to be throwing him tons of lobs from that from here on out. It was something that they scouted when they were going through and watching film together. It's something that he has talked to Mason, or he's talked to Monte Morris and Malik Beasley about. They're just going to be putting the ball up for Mason Plumlee to try and make plays above the rim, and that is because he's finally healthy. I mean, he went through the hernia surgery the, that um, Jamal Murray went through, and he feels significant better and more athletic vertically and they're trying to take advantage of that they don't have much athleticism in their front court and Mason Plumlee can really be that guy so that's why you're seeing so many lobs thrown up for him at this point in the season um, let's jump, let's just keep going down the roster because this game was a much more of an individual analysis game than an overall bench analysis, which we'll get to once we get through the main five players on the Nuggets bench unit so Malik Beasley tonight played the most minutes of anybody on the roster, played 29 minutes his line was modest, but it was exactly what you want to see from Malik. He was 12 points. 4 of 10 isn't great, but it was good to see him getting out in transition and finishing at the rim and not forcing things, even if his shot didn't fall. Um, he did hit one of his two three-pointers, so he's, consi- he's cons- consistently looking strong from three-point distance this preseason. He hit all three of his three throws, added four rebounds, three assists against two turnovers. My favorite part of Malik Beasley in this game is that he wasn't just a three-point shooter who defended. He was driving into the lane, collapsing the defense, and putting lob passes up for Mason Plumlee to finish above the defense. He was making smart decisions from start to finish, and even though he expanded his game a little bit from what we've seen, he didn't get out of control in the same way that we have seen from preseason and other situations like that. He's finding his niche, and he's finding when he can attack, and he's finding when he can call his own number. And that is so important, because for so long, Malik Beasley has not known exactly the way that he should play and Michael Malone told us at practice that after the first summer league game of the season he went to Malik and told him this is not what we want you to do we do not want you to be the guy to take the ball in your hands and try and create for others we want you to defend we want you to hit open threes we want you to attack in transition and then if you start hitting your threes we want you to attack closeouts and this is what Malik Beasley has done thus far throughout preseason and that is so important for the Nuggets for especially for Beasley because the Nuggets are only going to be able to keep one of Juancho Hernan Gomez or Malik Beasley after this season they need the roster spot they need the money and it's going to get strange when there's just two guys constantly base just taking minutes from each other it creates a negative appeal within that locker room and Malik Beasley stepping up and standing out is such an important thing for him because he had lost a lot of confidence it took a complete 
um, resurgence in his mental approach halfway through last season. A big thanks to Richard Jefferson for that, for him to realize how he can be a constant contributor on an NBA team. And all credit to him, he has worked at it and he has become that player. So if he can continue to do this, this conversation may change from is Malik Beasley going to beat out Juancho Hernan Gomez for minutes into is Malik Beasley catching Torrey Craig for minutes on the wing because he has been that good so far this year. And if he can consistently hit threes the way he has, he is really going to be a helpful piece for Michael Malone's rotation off the bench. Now let's get into my two favorite players from the night. Trey Lyles was phenomenal, top to bottom. Every single time we watch Trey Lyles with a bigger role and a bigger load of responsibility upon his shoulders, it seems like he continually delivers at a higher and higher production rate. Even looking at his numbers from last year, if he played over 20 minutes, he was a 14-8-2-assist guy while shooting almost 40% from the three and 50% from the field. And when you start looking at his numbers for what he's doing now, 24 minutes tonight, 15 points on 6 of 12 shooting, he was 2 of 6 from three, he had 10 rebounds and 5 assists. We're at the point now where Trey Lyles offensively can do pretty much whatever he needs to do. If you're going to create mismatches at will because he's so quick, he can destroy slower-footed bigs. He's so, he's so big and strong that he only bullies or guards guards to get switches onto him. If you, if you come out and close out too hard with a three shot, shot, he can get his hands handled by you. By you. Once he gets you, by you, he can finish rim, rim with a split on the score, or he can use the did 
did like he showed tonight. I was very, very pleasantly surprised at how well he was able to, uh, to defend tonight against not just not just the bench players of the Clippers, but the starting unit as well in the third quarter, which was really when his defense stood out the most. Let's jump into Monte Morris now because Monte Morris is just the consummate professional point guard. This dude just knows how to be a point guard flat out. I mean, 5 of 11 shooting isn't phenomenal. He had 2 of 4 of his 3s. He had 14 points, but he had 6 assists to 2 turnovers, but he made up for those 2 turnovers with 2 steals. He was a dog defensively. He was putting guys in great spots to get great looks off. He just continues to show more and more and more in his game, and seeing him hit 2 threes tonight, if he can start to stretch the floor like that and all of a sudden bench units need to fight over the screen with him, he is going to slice teams to pieces like a surgeon because he is just such a smart, savvy passer at this point in his career. Monte Morris could be in line to just be one of those big surprises of the NBA off the bat because he has so many weapons around him on this bench unit, and he is so smart in terms of how to find to figure out when to utilize each piece of this bench unit to its maximum potential. And he's figuring it out very, very, very quickly. That's the majority of the bench unit. Those are the guys that you're going to see get the majority of the minutes come the come the regular season. The one player we haven't talked enough about yet is Juancho Hernan Gomez, who deserves a, a good shout-out on this. His shot did not fall to start. He really didn't play much until the third quarter. He only played about two minutes in the first half. But once he did get rolling, he ended up hitting three and nine of his shots, but he got to the free throw line five times, made four of them, ended up with 11 points, even though he was only one of four from three-point distance. But he added in 12 rebounds in 21 minutes. That was a big deal to see because Wancho, if, so far from the second half of last year all the way through up until this game against the Clippers, he had been specifically a three-point sniper. That is all he has done. He struggled defending he struggled keeping with guys on the perimeter. He wasn't rebounding at the same level that we knew he could, but tonight it really came out. You finally saw him with his springy athleticism. He may not be a freakish above the rim athlete, but he is a very quick athlete. His double jump is very fast, and you saw that tonight with two offensive rebounds and getting 10 defensive rebounds. So Wancho did do himself a good service tonight by having this kind of a game. I don't think it's enough to throw him above Malik Beasley in the depth chart. That's up for Michael Malone to decide. But this game made it more interesting of a conversation than it was before. And that's important for Wancho because, like I said, there's only going to be 10 rotation spots available at the most this year, barring injury. And right now, Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez are gunning for that 10th spot. So it's going to be interesting to see who, who Michael Malone ends up choosing at the end of the year, or at the end of preseason. But so far, Malik Beasley has been the guy that has played higher than him in the rotation. Uh, Thomas Welsh also got in. Thomas Welsh showed why there are some questions about his validity as an NBA athlete. Uh, Montrez Harrell just really... He ate him up tonight. The athleticism and strength of Harrell was just way too much for Thomas Welsh. And then they put in Jonathan Motley, if, um, an old Oregon or an old Baylor player, and it was the same thing. Just too much athleticism, too much strength, and Welsh really struggled. Uh, one of five from the field. He only had one rebound of the night, and it was offensive, and he ended up grabbing two fouls very quickly. So not a great night for Thomas Welsh, but... There is still a lot of offensive upside still to be seen, and this is a kid who is still getting used to the rigors of the NBA lifestyle, so there is still some time to give him. 
Tyler Lydon looked strong tonight. He had a couple good rebounds, including a very big rebound and a dish to, Mal to Malik Beasley for a big three-pointer that I believe cut the game to just a one-point deficit and kept the Nuggets in it. Other than that, though, he did not get a shot up. He was one of two from the free-throw line, so not a whole lot from him. Devon Akun Purcell did get in, got two free-throw attempts, got four shots up in six minutes. He made sure to get the most of his opportunity on the court because he's probably going to be spending a lot of time in the G League for this coming season, but Overall, looked good, had a dunk, was running out, having tons of energy, so that was great to see. And the last thing to talk about with this Nuggets team is that they only had 12 turnovers tonight. After averaging 23 turnovers per game throughout their first three preseason games, for them to drop that number to 12 tonight was a very, very big deal. So it's good to see the Nuggets fixing things that they knew they were struggling with while still continually to be strong in the ways that they have shown that they are strong. Their bench was still great tonight. You could see all the talent of the starting unit. They cut their turnovers down. They defended very well, and they played with tons of energy. Overall, it was a very, very strong game for the Nuggets tonight, and... It was good to see the bench unit continue to thrive in the way that they have. This the, the final score of this game means almost nothing to me because the Stars only played the first quarter, and the fourth quarter was basically a lineup of Xavier Silas, Devon Okun-Purcell, Juancho Hernan-Gomez, Tyler Lydon, and Thomas Welsh. There just wasn't much happening there, and that's okay. These are guys who are still finding their way in the NBA, so it was not supposed to be an opportunity for them to come in and blow guys out. There was always going to be a learning curve moment and this was them this was that moment for this bench unit thank you again for listening to me rant for 20 minutes it's always great being able to do these podcasts i miss doing them there will be a lot more coming throughout the season so make sure to keep your eyes peeled but for now thank you very much for listening make sure you follow the podcast twitter handle at nuggets underscore daily you can follow me on twitter at tj mcbride nba and also make sure you subscribe to this podcast on itunes make sure you go in and leave comments make sure you go rate it tell me how terrible i am i don't care i love getting feedback from as many people as possible and for everyone who has continued sticking with us and listening thank you very much the nuggets will be tipping off friday night i believe against the chicago bulls in chicago for the final preseason game of the season before heading back to la to face the clippers once again on october 17th to start the season we will talk to you guys soon can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Get ready for Brexit on the 31st of October. Brexit will bring changes that affect businesses in many ways. 
particularly if you buy from EU suppliers, sell to EU customers, provide services to EU clients, and receive customer data from other businesses in the EU. Businesses need to prepare. Find out how at gov.uk slash Brexit. Get ready for Brexit on the 31st of October. Thank you.